Welcome to All Vampires Are Gay, a serialized narrative podcast created by Corbin Rosewood. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all major podcasting platforms. If you like the show, please consider supporting our work. All Vampires Are Gay is made possible because of listeners like you. You can help out by becoming a patron, shopping our merch, and of course, telling your friends about the show. You can find all the ways to support us and more at our website, CorbinRosewood.com. Corbin here. I just wanted to let you know that if you want to send me an email, I absolutely love hearing from listeners. My email is hello at CorbinRosewood.com. Now on with the show. Episode 12, Love Bomb. Welcome, I'm Corwin Rosewood, and tonight we're back at Robert's apartment where our star-crossed lovers just can't seem to avoid madness and mayhem. Scene. Robert's apartment. Are you sure you don't need anything else? More tea? Victor asked anxiously. I'm fine, seriously. It was barely a scratch. You took most of the hit, Robert said. I really think you should be focusing on yourself right now. Robert was sitting on his couch in the living room, surrounded by debris, broken glass, and the remains of his houseplants. Victor had brought a large blanket and put it around him, carefully tending to his wound, which was barely more than a paper cut, and brought him a large mug of tea. Victor, meanwhile, was leaving a long trail of blood behind him as he limped around the apartment, his nerves a mess of stress and worry. He remembered why he never fell in love with humans. They were so fragile. It was absolutely terrifying. One stray bullet, or even a very bad flu, and they could be gone forever. I'll be fine. Once Samson arrives with some blood bags and healing ointment, it'll be gone in an instant, he said, waving away Robert's concern. It's you I'm worried about. I don't know why this keeps happening, but I promise I'm going to protect you. Robert smiled weakly. I believe you, Victor. It's okay. You can stop freaking out. I'm not going to break up with you. Victor paled. I wasn't worried about that. Of course you wouldn't. I'm fantastic. (laughs) Right, right. Mr. Fabulous, Robert said with a chuckle. I told you not to call me that, Victor said. And yet, you can't stop me, Robert said cheekily. Victor opened his mouth to respond, but before he could, there was a loud hammering on the door. He immediately rushed over to open it, leaving a trail of blood in his wake. Samson was there looking very serious. They were dressed in casual clothes, a weird amorphous black tunic with too much jewelry and a large duffel bag filled with spy gear. A dozen or so intense-looking women in denim jumpsuits were standing behind them. Thank God you're here, Victor said, opening the door and ushering Samson inside. Samson nodded curtly, barely taking notice of Victor as they surveyed the scene. Jin is on her way. She's stuck in traffic. 
Samson said absently, as they began looking over the apartment with a critical eye. I see you got back together with Robert, they added casually over their shoulder. We weren't technically broken up, Victor said. Uh Uh-huh, sure you weren't, pulling out a large camera and taking photos. The women stood at attention, many of them holding large duffel bags like Samson, watching and waiting while Samson photographed everything. Samson pulled out a bunch of small orange cones from their duffel bag and began putting them around things in the room, mostly the smoldering green flames and messy piles of broken objects. Victor noticed with dismay the rose Robert had given him on the floor, crushed by debris and covered in blood. He sighed to himself, what a perfect metaphor for his relationships. After a few minutes of photography, Samson finally stood up and turned to the women waiting in the hallway. We're good, let's do the cleanup, they said. Don't touch anywhere with orange cones. The women nodded and quickly filed into the apartment, carefully picking up glass and spinach salad, putting it all into labeled garbage bags. Other women came in carrying vacuums and large pieces of replacement glass. Victor went to check on Robert and found him completely stunned as the women moved around him, lifting up his legs to vacuum under them. What the hell is going on? Robert asked. Oh, yeah, Samson only hires lesbians, Victor replied. Samson says they make the best employees. That's because we do, shouted a tall, muscular woman nearby with a buzz cut who was plastering holes in Robert's walls. Victor smiled at her. You're absolutely right, Brenda, he said. No, not the lesbians, Robert said, coming out of a daze. What's happening? Oh, no, did you get hit on the head? Victor asked, leaning over him to check if he was concussed. Robert batted his hands away. Stop fussing over me. There's literally a small army of people in my apartment, which was just bombed. I don't need a head wound to be confused by this. Samson snorted. I see why you like him, Victor. He's as dramatic as you are. Nice to meet you too, Samson, Robert retorted. Samson came over to the couch and looked at Robert appraisingly. How did you know my name? They asked their eyes narrowing into slits. Robert rolled his eyes. Victor told me his boss was called Samson and you are certainly bossy. Some of the lesbian work crew chuckled at this comment. Samson just smiled, looking at Victor. You told him I'm your boss? I love that for me. He's probably concussed, Victor said tartly. I wouldn't take anything he says too seriously. I'm fine, Robert shrieked. I just want to know who bombed my apartment and what's happening now? What are you doing? That's exactly what we're here trying to find out, Samson said, stepping away to put one of Robert's vinyl records carefully into a plastic bag. Don't you go anywhere, Robert. I need to interrogate you later. Robert looked alarmed. What does that mean? Stop scaring him, Victor said, shooting an angry glance at Samson, then turning back to Robert. Nothing, darling. It just means they want to ask you about what happened and maybe learn a little more about you, to see if you're a security risk. Robert's eyes went wide. Me? But my life was totally normal before I met you. 
And yet, this is the second time someone has tried to bomb you this week, Samson retorted. They do have a point, Victor admitted with a shrug. They're after you, surely, Robert said, becoming increasingly alarmed. Hmm, maybe, Samson said, but nothing happened to Victor when you were broken up. We weren't broken up, Victor said. Will someone please tell me why there are a dozen lesbians in my house and what the hell is Vexio? Robert asked again. The women's denim jumpsuits all had a geometric logo and the word Vexio printed on them. They're here to clean up your apartment, of course. Gather evidence and fix your windows, clean your carpet, and so on. Vexio is Samson's shell company, a cover for various supernatural projects and spying, Victor said. Samson sighed. Must you share all our secrets with him, Victor? Oh, calm down. He's just a human, Victor said, then turned to Robert and said, No offense, babe. Robert threw his hands up. He didn't even know how to respond anymore. None taken, I guess, he said. You're doing great, love, Victor said, patting him on the leg. Oh, yay, Jin is here. I can get my wounds healed. Thank goodness, said one of the women in Vexio jumpsuits. She was holding a large rug cleaning machine and looking very irritated by all the blood Victor was tracking across the apartment. Jin walked in through the front door, with Apricot trailing behind her carrying lots of equipment and bags. Jin was wearing her large trench coat to keep her wings hidden, and Apricot was wearing her witch hat again. Victor waved them from across the room, and they trotted over. Samson said you were injured. I'm sorry to hear that, Jin said, coming over to Victor. She then spotted Robert and said, Wait, are you two back together? That's so cute! We weren't broken up, Victor replied. We sort of were, Robert said. Victor glared at him. What? It's true. Jin laughed. I like him, Victor. You can tell already, Robert asked. Jin nodded. Definitely. Plus, Apricot likes her aura, and she is an excellent judge of character. Apricot patted Robert on the head and gave a thumbs up. Can we maybe focus on my injuries? They are getting a little stingy, Victor said, pointing to the blood pooling on the coffee table. Of course, Jin said, leaning down next to him. She lifted up his shirt, gently poking him in a few places, and Victor winced in pain. Ow! Stop that, he said. Can't you just put some healing ointment on it already? Jin gently pulled his shirt back down and shook her head, pushing her big round glasses back up on her nose. I'm afraid not. This is way worse than some healing salve, she said. What? Really? Victor said. I know bombings are a lot, but I figured I could just have a few blood bags and move on. Jin shook her head. It's magical. There's this green powder everywhere in the wounds. Samson came over to them holding a vinyl record with a small smoldering green flame on it. This is what she's talking about, they said, pointing to it. I don't know how they made this, but honestly, I'd really like to get my hands on this tech. It seems to just burn endlessly. So useful. Victor looked alarmed. That's what's in my wounds? My body is burning endlessly? Jin laughed nervously. Uh, uh, probably not. More like burning momentarily? 
Well, that's comforting, Victor said sarcastically. I think it'll be okay, she continued. Samson mentioned the green flames on the phone, so we brought a bunch of magical healing supplies. Although I haven't seen these exact type of flames before, I think the tools I have should be able to repair you fairly quickly. The blood bags are still a good idea, too. Apricot handed him two blood bags from the supply bag with a smile and a bob of her witch hat. Victor frowned but took them, biting into both bags at once and draining them fast to get past the old blood taste as quickly as possible. He noticed Robert looking at him and realized he'd never really seen him being a vampire before. But Robert didn't seem upset or disturbed by the sight of his boyfriend downing two blood bags. He just looked curious. What do the blood bags do? He asked. Strengthen the vampire abilities, helping the healing to work a little faster, Jin replied. But with the amount of magic I can feel coming off him, there is no way that his vampire healing will be enough on its own to fix this, at least not quickly. Robert opened his mouth to ask another question, but before he could, Victor slumped forward onto the couch, groaning. I think I need more healing stuff, he said. Oh dear, we should stop chatting and help him, Jin said. Let's take him to the bedroom. Jin and Apricot pulled Victor up and helped him stumble towards the bedroom. Robert hopped up and ran ahead of them, anxious to clean up his bedroom before they got there. Robert kept them waiting at the door for a moment as he cleaned up. Hold on, I wasn't expecting guests, he said awkwardly as he tried to make the bed in a hurry. Don't be silly, we're all friends here, Jin said, smiling. Apricot nodded agreement, her witch hat bobbing up and down. Just one second, Robert said before coming out of the bedroom. Robert had gone pale and shaky. He looked incredibly nervous as they carried Victor to his bed. Okay, let's put Victor down on his stomach. Robert, do you think you could help me? Robert put his shaking hands in his pockets and nodded. Definitely, what do you, what do you need? Just pull away the fabric from his back as gently as you can while I start getting my equipment set up. Be careful not to touch the green dust. Of, of course, Robert said, walking up to Victor and looking down at his back, covered in blood and a faintly glowing green dust, glass shards and spinach leaves, the blood-soaked shirt sticking to his skin. Robert gasped at the sight, but took a deep breath and began to peel away the wet remains of Victor's clothing. Victor bit down on a pillow, but Robert could still hear some of his grunts of pain. Jin and Apricot, meanwhile, were setting up a tiny golden table with what looked like the makings of a small apothecary on it. The table had a glass top with glowing runes etched into it. Jin pulled various herbs, glass vials, and strange golden instruments out of her leather medical bag. Once Robert had pulled all the fabric and debris away, he was struck by just how awful Victor's back looked. Raw skin, gashes, and shards of glass were everywhere. He looked at Jin anxiously. Is he, is he going to be okay? Jin smiled. Of course, don't worry. Nothing a little magic can't fix. 
Could you help me with something else? Anything, Robert replied. Jin pulled a tea bag out of her bag and handed it to Robert. Can you make a pot of this and bring it in here with some mugs? Robert nodded and took the tea bag in his hands gently, carrying it like it was a bomb as he went into the kitchen. Jin turned back to Victor and scolded him. You really had to just take the full weight of that bomb, didn't you, Victor? You're so dramatic, she said, pulling a pair of golden tongs out of her bag and yanking the shards of glass out of his bag. Victor screamed in pain. Do you have to be so stabby with those tongs, he asked. Jin tisked. You should have thought of that before you got yourself injured like this. I know humans are fragile, but you need to take care of yourself, too. I take care of myself, Victor said, shrieking in pain again. It's you who is hurting me. Only because I care, Jin said, pulling out the last glass shard and dropping it into an evidence bag for Samson. Robert returned with a steaming tea kettle and some mugs. He was carrying the tray like it might explode. Uh, where should I put this? He asked nervously as he watched Jin unrolling some long mint green colored bandages onto the golden table. Just over there is fine. Thank you, Jin said, gesturing to the nightstand. Could you pour us some? Uh, me? Robert asked. Of course, Jin replied, leaning over Victor with a small vial of red liquid. She gently uncorked it and began to pour a few tiny drops of the liquid into his wounds. Victor yelped in alarm every time she did, and Robert flinched at the sound. The wounds on Victor's back began to steam with green smoke. Robert dutifully poured the tea into the mugs, his hands only shaking a little as he handed the mug to Jin. That one's for you, dear, she said, pointing to the mug Robert was holding. For what? Robert asked, looking down at it in surprise. Your nerves. Have a drink. It will relax you. Jin took a sip from her mug, and Apricot went up and grabbed one as well. Robert looked surprised, but took a sip of his tea. He immediately felt his shoulders relax, and a great calm come over him. Wow, is this magic tea? he asked in awe. Not in the way you mean it, Jin said, smiling brightly. But I certainly think herbs are magic. It's lemon balm from my garden. It's so calming, don't you think? Robert nodded, clutching the warm mug with both hands. He sipped the tea gratefully as he watched Jin and Apricot do their work. Jin returned to Victor, slathering an extremely smelly brown goop all over his back and then sprinkling a sparkly golden powder on it before applying the mint green bandages. After they were all on, she ground some herbs in a mortar and burned them, sending a strangely hued smoke into the air. Apricot held the smoking embers over Victor, while Jin made a few gestures in the smoke. Then she read a few lines in a foreign language from a very old-looking book, which caused Victor to close his eyes and drift off to sleep. Scene, Robert's Apartment.
Victor slept for a few hours after the healing, and when he woke up, the house was dark and quiet. He sat in Robert's bedroom and stretched his back. The pain rippled across it, but he could feel it healing. He guessed in a few more hours he would be back to normal. He sighed with relief. The green dust was no match for gin. He stood up on shaky legs and felt his back aching. He realized he would need to be careful for a while longer. Robert? He called out into the darkened room. He heard a shuffling noise, and then a very nervous-looking Robert appeared at the door, opening it halfway and spilling light into the room. Victor squinted up at him. Do you have a shirt? I seem to have lost mine, Victor said with a laugh. Robert nodded and went over to the dresser and rummaged around. He threw an old brown t-shirt at Victor. Victor frowned. Um, do you have anything black? Robert laughed. I was just messing with you, he said, and handed Victor a silky oversized black blouse. Thanks, Victor said, slipping into the top. It wasn't quite his usual look, but it was comfortable and stylish. How are you doing? Robert asked, gingerly sitting down on the bed next to him. Pretty good. Kind of out of it, Victor admitted. I should be totally healed in a few hours, though. Robert's eyes went wide. Seriously? That's crazy. You were so messed up. I was really worried. Victor nodded. Jin's really good at what she does, and my vampire healing will make it go faster, too. How long would it take without her? A few days, probably, Victor mused. Depends how much blood I had access to. So blood would make it heal faster? Robert asked. Yes, but magic is better, Victor said. Don't worry, I'm fine, darling. How are you doing? Robert sighed. <sighs> Exhausted? Scared? I don't know. It's been a lot. Victor peered out the doorway. Is anyone here still? Robert shook his head. Samson interrogated me. Their crew repaired my apartment, so it's almost entirely back to normal, which is honestly kind of terrifying. Then Jin and um, that other one, uh, the witch, what's her name? Apricot, Jin's apprentice, Victor said. They're both witches, actually. Only one of them is silly enough to wear a hat about it. Robert laughed softly. <laughs> yeah, the two of them did some more magic on the windows and doorway. They drew some sigils with pink fire, and then it vanished. There was a lot of smoke, and then Jin drew something on the back of my door in chalk, put some herbs under my kitchen stove, and then they left. Victor nodded knowingly. Warding spells to protect the apartment from further incidents. What did they give you for your protection? Robert looked confused. What do you mean? Didn't they give you an amulet, or a little leather satchel, or a crystal on a leather cord, maybe an ancient coin, something like that? Robert shook his head. Nope. Jin gave me a few more bags of the lemon balm tea, which was really nice of her, I thought. I don't mean lemon balm. I mean real protection, to keep you safe when I can't be with you, Victor said, getting upset. Okay, I I'm sorry, I don't know what you mean, Robert said. No one mentioned anything about that. Have you seen my phones? Victor asked. Robert nodded and scurried out of the room to get them while Victor fumed. Robert gave him his phones and left the room. 
Victor immediately dialed Samson. Why didn't you give Robert a protection charm? He said angrily. Hello to you too, Victor, Samson snipped back. Glad to see you're back to your old self. Answer me, Victor said through gritted teeth. You know why, Samson said. He's a human, Victor. They're impossibly fragile. We do our best, of course, but you can't take care of them all the time. They're so easy to break. Are you serious right now, Victor fumed. Absolutely, Samson said. We gave his apartment some very difficult warding magic and a full makeover. He should be grateful. If he wants to stay safe, he probably shouldn't be dating a vampire. And with that, Samson hung up the phone, and Victor angrily threw it across the room. Robert came running in. I heard a noise. Is, is everything okay? No, Victor said with a frown. Get your coat. We're going to see Persephone. Scene. The Mystic Moon. It was well past midnight when they arrived at Persephone's shop. They looked up at the sign, the Mystic Moon. It also had a neon crystal ball and a tarot card flickering in the darkness. She's a psychic, Robert said, surprised. Somehow I thought those were definitely fake. She's a fake psychic, but a real oracle. Sort of. It kind of depends. She's a little bit unreliable when it comes to predictions. But she did help me find you. What? Robert said, alarmed. Victor waved him away and began banging on the door, wincing at the pain in his back. Would you mind? He said to Robert, stepping back from the door. Robert stepped up and banged on the door in his place, but there was no response. Persephone! Victor called out into the night, but the building remained dark. He gestured to Robert to pound on the door again. Robert looked up and down the street nervously. Maybe we should try calling her, he said. Victor shook his head. She hates phones, but I can text her. He pulled out his phone and sent a quick text, and almost immediately, a small light turned on above the shop. A minute later, they heard many locks being undone and the door swung open. Persephone stood in the doorway, her long poofy black hair in a tangle, wearing a white Victorian nightgown and giant fluffy earmuffs. It's about time you two got here, she said. Your hot chocolate is almost cold. And so Victor and Robert headed into the Mystic Moon to get some warm drinks and hopefully some magical protection. Goodness knows they could use it. You've been listening to All Vampires Are Gay. This episode was created, written, and performed by Corwin Rosewood. Produced and composed by Parker Frost. With additional production, mixing, editing, and engineering by the team at Studio Corwin. 
If you enjoyed this episode, consider supporting our show today so we can make more episodes in the future. You can find all the ways to support us at CorbinRosewood.com. Thank you for listening.